What is the difference between a watch and a warning? Yeah, we'll issue the watch, severe thunderstorm or tornado watch, uh, when conditions are favorable for those storms to develop. There may not be anything going on on the radar. Uh, we issue them as all the environmental conditions come together. We try to give about a two to six hour lead time on the watch before severe weather hits. That's a good time to review your severe weather plans, uh, know where to go if a warning is issued. When a warning is issued, that means the event is happening or it's um, imminent. We try to give about 15 minutes of lead time for our tornado warnings and up to 25 minutes of lead time for our severe thunderstorm warnings. And when we issue the severe thunderstorm warnings, again, it means the event is about to hit or it's actually happening, and that's the time to take action and get to the place of safety. Uh, for a severe thunderstorm, we want to make sure you get in the center part of the house, and then if it's a tornado warning, be sure to get to your no tornado shelter. Now, when a tornado warning is issued, sometimes there's an actual tornado on the ground. Otherwise, it might be uh, radar indicating rotation. Uh, when will uh, the National Weather Service issue such a warning? Well, we try to issue those tornado warnings with about 15 minutes of lead time, and that uh, requires us to issue it when we see rotation uh, that is strong enough on the radar to produce a tornado. Uh, and, and so we will update that as that rotation continues to get stronger, or we do get spotter reports of any funnel cloud or tornado activity. And so we'll provide that updated information as the tornado warning progresses. But the goal is to issue the tornado warning before the tornado ever touches down by about 10 to 15 minutes to give everybody the lead time that they need to get to their tornado shelter. But people should also be aware that tornadoes can strike without warning, uh, even in uh, circumstances where you might not be expecting a tornado to form. Uh, now, besides sending out warnings through radio stations like ours or TV stations, uh, what other ways does the National Weather Service transmit watches and warnings? Well, there are two ways that are pretty important to talk about. Uh, the weather radio is like having your personal warning alarm siren in your home. That weather radio uh, can be bought. It's a one-time cost, and it's a special radio broadcast. You know, weather radios generally range from 25 to $75 uh, for the one-time cost. And, and it, again, it'll make an alarm sound that's designed to wake you up. We say that the weather radio is as important to have in the home as a smoke detector. And the reason for that is if we issue a tornado warning for your community at 3 a.m., uh, the sirens are designed only for outdoor warnings, so you're not going to wake up to them. You're not going to have the television or radio on. Your cell phone, uh, you may sleep through those, those app alerts. And so the weather radio is is designed to wake you up. It's as loud as your alarm clock, as loud as your smoke detector, so when the tornado warning is issued at 3 a.m., you can get your family to a place of safety. The other key warning system that you want to know about is the wireless emergency alert system that is on all cell phones that have been purchased after January of 2013. The ability to customize it for, for your warnings that you want to get, it depends on the phone and the provider. And so you'll just have to look through your settings to see what sort of uh, configuration you can set up there. 
So for the wireless emergency alerts for the weather, uh, you're going to get tornado warnings and flash flood warnings here in Michigan on that cell phone. And it's all based on the location that you're at. It's, it's nothing with uh, tracking cell phones. It's actually we send out the warning, and if uh, the tower is in the warning for the flash flood or for the tornado warning, that tower then sends a broadcast message to all cell phones that are connected to that tower. Uh, so it's a little different system, but it is based on your location. So if your cell phone does not go off for a tornado warning, it's because you're not in the actual tornado warning area. What's the biggest mistake people make when severe weather threatens? Well, I think the basic mistake that, uh, that we want to try to um, highlight is that uh, whenever you hear thunder, that is nature's way of telling you to go inside. Lightning can actually arc out of the thunderstorm cloud five to ten miles in an average thunderstorm. And so if you wait for the rain to start before you make your evacuation plans to get indoors and get to a place of safety, you've already put yourself at risk for getting hit with lightning. The actual radius of danger with a, any generic thunderstorm is 5 to 10 miles around the rain area. And nature gives you the clue of thunder. And when we go out and talk to the schools, we teach all the kids this handy rhyme, when thunder roars, go indoors. It's uh, pretty simple. Uh, but uh, we need people to heed that to stay safe from lightning. The other threat from thunderstorms besides lightning is rain, especially heavy rain. And we've seen that cause flooding in Metro Detroit uh, the past couple of summers, especially on the freeways. And it can happen so fast. Uh, what should drivers do if they suddenly encounter flooding? Yeah, if there's a flooded roadway, uh, we have another rhyme for, that we teach all the school kids, and I think it works for everybody. If you see a flooded roadway, turn around, don't drown. You don't know how deep the water is. You don't know if the road is still intact. And it only takes about 12 inches of moving water to have any car, SUV, pickup truck become buoyant enough and start float down the, uh, down the stream. Uh, so it's just a risk that's not worth taking. You know, maybe the best case scenario is that a car gets stuck in a uh, flooded area and you have to pay for the tow truck and have to explain to an insurance company what happened. Worst case scenario is it really is a life-threatening event. And so it's just best to avoid a flooded area, find a different way around it, uh, never drive through a flood. How do those roads flood so quickly, especially uh, when you're driving under a bridge? Well, there's a couple things that are happening in the uh, Detroit area. One is that there's just so much uh, concrete, asphalt, uh, not as much grass for the rain to be soaked in. So the water is running off very quickly uh, into, the, uh, into the low spots. And a lot of our freeways are built under the ground level. Uh, so you are required, you're, you're pushing a lot of water, uh, not soaking it into the grass, and it's collecting in the low spots. So in the metro area, that's, that's a, a large component of it. Um, and, and plus, with, uh, with the weather pattern changes, uh, global warming and climate change, uh, the frequency of heavy rainfall events is increasing. That's one of the one of the things that we can say, you know, tornado activity, that research is still out there as far as how climate change and global warming affects tornadoes. But for heavy rain events, 
uh, science is very solid that we are getting mo more of these heavy rain events and something that we have probably noticed over the course of the last 20 or 30 years in Metro Detroit. You know, when I was a kid, we were told uh, if a tornado was coming, we should uh, open the windows to keep the house from imploding uh, because of the difference in pressure. We know that that has long, long since been debunked. Uh, with a, you know, the, it's the winds that, that destroy houses. Uh, pressure's got nothing to do with it. Uh, what are today's most common myths or misconceptions about severe weather? Probably the most common myth that uh, I hear about now is that... Um, and that our city is protected because we live in a river valley or we live right next to uh, the Great Lakes, Lake St. Clair, or the urban center is protected. Somehow the city is protecting you from tornadoes. Another perception out there is that the storms always seem to split around my community. Uh, there's a couple of things there. Um, and the, no city is really protected. We've seen storms hit downtowns. We've seen them hit in river valleys. We've seen them hit uh, just about every part of uh, the landscape. And for tornadoes, it's just there really are very few tornadoes. I mean, there are 1,000 tornadoes per year across the country, 16 per year in the state of Michigan. And so the chances of any one community getting hit in any one given year is pretty low. It's very low as far as a percentage. But if you look at it over the course of time, uh, tornadoes, uh, if the storm is there, the tornado circulation is there, tornadoes will hit in any location. That other myth about uh, the storm splitting and always missing uh, my community, uh, that's just a matter of perception. We have so many tools now where we see storms on radar and we get information about a storm that's 50 miles away and it looks like it's headed right for us. Even if we look at the sky, we can see storms that are 20, 30, 50 miles away. And so it, it looks like there's a lot of storms out there and they all seem to track towards us from west to east. But our home and our community is just one small dot on that map. And so if the storm, while it moves from west to east, maybe it's just moving a little bit too far to the south and it misses you. And so that's just a matter of perception because we can just see so much around us. And when it comes right down to it, we're just a small spot on any one of those radar maps that we're looking at. 